Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. All right, the Andrew Monaco, voice of Texas A&M Athletics, joins us. They have introduced Mike Elko. Andrew, they found who I thought should have been perhaps their first choice in the first place to fit with Mike Elko. Yeah, very familiar talking with uh, Mike's wife. She said, we're home. And I think that's an important part of all of this. It's someone who gets Texas A&M, someone who has had success here at Texas A&M as Jimbo Fisher's D.C. And, yeah, you know, they wanted to make sure it was comprehensive, that they did not miss anybody who might be out there. Uh, but I think when you can target someone who has had success, who knows the players, knows success, uh, he was the one that they that they brought home, and uh, he said before his introduction that he's very thrilled to be here. Andrew, you meant you said something there that I, I thought was very key to the hire. He knows the players. This is a roster that is very well evaluated. People think it's it's quite good and has not hit its full potential. And the right coach to keep it together could really do some things really quickly. How much of of that was a factor in this being able to retain these guys on this roster? Yeah, you know, I think that's a, that's a big thing. It's not the only thing, but I think it had to be one of the boxes that had to be checked. And I think it's a reason why Elijah Robinson was the interim head coach. Obviously, his relationship with the defensive line and the defense on this team. And some of those guys who are seniors know Mike Elko very well. He either brought them, them in, recruited them before he left for Duke, and has a chance to coach some of them again. That's important because with the change in coach in midstream like this, there's a new 30-day window in the transfer portal that is available for all the players. So the hire, I think, needed to be quick because you have early signing period. You have a transfer portal of guys who can leave. You can get your plans started. And now Mike can also start getting uh, a list of who he wants as his assistant coaches. It's more than just plugging in Mike Elko after Jimbo Fisher. There's a lot of things that came into play here, and I think from the moment that Jimbo was let go to the moment that Mike Elko is hired, 
you had to ha- you had to navigate that part very well. Look, the players are still going to make a decision, no matter no matter how it is, because that is available to them. But I think having that familiarity of Mike Elko will keep a lot of them because he also was here, very good relationship with all the players, not just the defense but the offense. And as we said, someone coming back home, I think may sway some of those decisions. Andrew, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Elijah Robinson, but regardless, like everybody knows his trajectory is upward and he will be a head coach somewhere sooner rather than later. But just how do you feel that he handled the last couple of weeks, these these games as the interim and, and just all that came with that? Yeah, I, I, I thought it was absolutely beautiful the way he did it, the way he put a lot of the uh, emphasis on, hey, we need to do this for the players. The one thing he says is I'm blessed to coach them. They're not blessed to be coached by me. And the way he reaches, I think, across the defensive field to the offensive field, I think there's a ton of respect for Elijah. Look, there were a couple times he had a chance to go elsewhere, and there were a couple times that Jimbo Fisher said, you know what, elevate his pay, let's elevate his responsibilities. Jimbo knows how good Elijah, uh, Elijah Robinson is. With Terry Price, you had two of the premier coaches, I think, for defensive lines, defensive ends in all of college football. So – they know that importance for Mike Elko to have worked with him, I think is important. Mike said he is a priority. Obviously, he could be attractive to some other schools. I, I totally get it. But I think uh, it, it would be um, in, in Texas A&M's favor to keep Elijah here. And I don't know what role that will be, but he and Mike have worked together before. But I know that that was part of the search, that they wanted Elijah to be a part of it. I think that was broached with all the coaches that they talked with. But Mike certainly knows how talented. I used to call him a rising star. I take rising out now. I think he's a star in this coaching game. So can you keep him around? I think would do wonders for the Aggies. Andrew, can you try to explain the emotions from late Saturday night until Sunday morning? Well, it was a roller coaster, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you're for, for a name that we had not seen. And what, what's interesting is, a&M tried to keep this as buttoned up as possible. There were some names very early. I'm not going to lie, guys, knowing he's not coming. The, the little bit. But this wasn't something where Ross Bjork and Justin Moore in the athletic department were letting out. So, to me, it was a guessing game. But then when it seemed like, oh, okay, here's Mark Stoops is coming, it's like, wow, that, that one's coming out of, out of the blue. But, again, I think it was because of the work that was doing. Was it a trial balloon to see if that was going to go over? I, I, honestly, I don't know. I'm in a position here where I'll believe it once it gets announced. But I was like, okay, I can see part of it. And you try to justify, well, look what he's done at Kentucky. They had some patience, did Kentucky. You know, it's really interesting is talking with Jimbo Fisher uh, when we were together because he was his D.C. And we kept talking about Mark's name came up for the LSU job before Brian Kelly. And Jimbo was saying Kentucky's had the patience with Mark Stoops. And he's been able, maybe the grass isn't always greener because of the expectations, but maybe he was also ready to move on from Kentucky. What I think fans don't understand sometimes, and I'm not saying this happened with Mark, but there are some agents that float this out there. So these coaches get better contracts from their current schools. Some of it, yes, it is attractive, and I do want to come here. Other times it's the agent saying, hey, let's see what else we can get out of this school right now. So that's really the hard part, I think, in any kind of these coaching searches. Where is the fire coming? If you're seeing the smoke, but where's the fire coming from? The school who's hiring, the school, or excuse me, the agent who wants something better for, for his coach, 
that's the interesting part is you never really get that with all these rumors. Where is all this information coming from? Andrew, the the fan base is, is kind of stretched to the limit, right, with, you know, expectations and hope. Does, does Mike Elko's kind of steady personality maybe help them transition a little bit better season to season now that the, I mean, the hype on, you know, giving Jimbo Fisher a trophy without a date on it and all that right. stuff is passed. Right. I think there's a, there's a, not that he was not because for six years, I, I, I work with someone who I think is absolutely genuine. The thing I'm saying about Jimbo is he's left this program in better shape than when he took over. And, and that I think is what made it so attractive from facilities to the talent on the field. There's a genuineness, though, and there's an honesty. And, and, and you guys know Aggies prize back. They, they know fraud. And with Mike Elko, look, he can be very honest. He can hit you right between the eyes. There's a little bit of that Northeast honesty that is there. But I think the way he embraced Texas A&M while he was here, I think the way he embraced not just the, the team, his players, but, you know, he had high school uh, children here. And they were immersed in everything that was going on here. And, and I think that was also some of the attractiveness to Mike Elko. Here's a regular guy at his son's baseball game as they go, you know, throughout the season in the spring and, and all of that. I think because he was immersed in all of this makes it feel like here's someone who I know he was here only four years, but here's someone who is coming home. I was interested to see how we were going to handle it. And the way Ross Bjork said, our director of athletics, welcome back. Mike Elko, I think, was important. He is back. It's a place where he's comfortable, and it's a place that he can call home. Andrew, you kind of touched on it there, but just what was the scene like for this introductory press conference? What was kind of the atmosphere? Yeah, a lot of excitement, and you open it up to just not just your board of trustees and your board of regents and some of the VIPs, but it was it was welcomed by folks around here. So the Hall of Champions was full, and when he gets introduced, you know, all you're hearing is whoops and, 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 you know, people standing, you got the standing ovation and um, it seemed to move him a little bit. Uh, you, you never know what that's going to be like. And uh, to me, it was very well received. Look, you guys know it's one step in the process. You have to win the press conference. Right. And I think they did that. Now he's got to win on Saturdays. Like we joked before he went out there, he said, so are you going to speak for me? I said, Mike, what do you want me to say? He said, no, we're just going to win every Saturday. Just just tell them that. I said, oh, I've got it. But that's what it comes down to. But when you when you talk about, especially for Texas A&M, we're going to have a blue-collar mentality. We're going to graduate people. You're going to get the Aggie ring. When you encompass everything, the selfless service, it's going to be more than just laser-focused on my football team. I am now going to embrace all of this, the community, the school, all of that. We're going to raise good men. That's what I think Aggies want to hear. And again, to be to be honest like that and hold the players accountable, that's what I think is going to be just as important. Look, you got to win. The reason why Jimbo Fisher's not here, he did not win enough. You can't name a coach where they got fired for really any other reason unless it was really personal, something really bad. When you don't win enough, but to take over this program and to be familiar with some of the talent, to have better facilities that ironically – Mike Elko's success helped build some of these facilities with Jimbo Fisher, I think really makes this so attractive and Mike very appreciative. He was ready to be a head coach two years ago at Duke. He's ready to be the head coach at Texas A&M now. I know it's Andrew is early, but what will he do on the offensive side of the football? What will he want to do and what will he want to have as far as his staff? 
he knows that he's got to score points. I think the days in college football, every once in a while, you can have that old Mississippi State-Arkansas 7-3 final. Those days are over for the most part. They stand out. That used to be an old SEC Saturday game, right? That was an old Southwest Conference final score. I think he's going to take his time and see who is out there on the offensive side. I'm sure he has an idea of what he would like to do, who is out there, who is available. And I don't think it's something he's going to rush into, but he knows the talent that he has. And I think the first step is, can you keep some of the offensive players in this early signing period? That becomes step one, reaching out. Look, he already talked to this team who's here now. Now he needs to talk to those players in the signing period. And there are some quarterbacks there. There are some running backs there. There are some wide receivers there. Can you keep that talent? And then can you match your offensive coordinator who says, yeah, I want to work with that. I, and that's what I think becomes so attractive. I think it becomes an attractive job. You guys also know this. There are some schools that spend all their money on the head coach that they rotate the assistant coaches because then the assistant coaches aren't paid what they think they are and will leave for better coach, better coaching jobs, better paying jobs. I think one of the keys to Texas A&M is they will have the money for Mike Elko's staff attract people who want to work with this talent but also want to stay here. I think continuity is important. Mike did it four years as defensive coordinator. In his last year, that was the best defense. It was number three in the country. Can you have that continuity? Ironically, D.J. Durkin, the D.C. now, saw his second year was better than his first year. When you have that turnaround and you churn every year, it becomes a little more difficult. I think he's going to get someone who wants to stay here and kind of build an identity for its own. But he's going to want to have a team that can score points. You know he's going to focus on the defensive side, but you've got to score points to win any kind of championships in college football. Andrew, I know it's been a busy day. Thank you for your time. Andrew Monaco, A&M, voice of the Aggies, with us on 365 Sports. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.